Just Thinking with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. And we're back for another edition of the Just Thinking Podcast. I am Virgil Walker. And I'm Daryl Harrison. What's going on, listeners? Appreciate you guys joining us. What's up, Verge? What's up, my brother, man? It's always good to join you, man, and, and get ready for another edition. As as I was kind of teeing up, man, before we before we hit record, man, I I I can't be I, I I'm I cannot be any more excited uh about where we're going with the Just Thinking podcast, about the feedback, about what we're hearing from listeners, man. It's just been really, really exciting in the social media space to kind of see what's happening, man. What are your thoughts, bro? Yeah, I just want to say, man, you know, I echo exactly what you're saying there, brother. And uh, it's like last week's episode was episode number 12, what I call the Dirty Dozen. So now we got a Dirty dirty Dozen episodes under our belt. (laughs) And there was something about that episode last week where we kind of chopped up the issue of social justice and really Mm -hmm. took uh, an expository look at what biblical justice looks like up against the world's view of justice that mm-hmm. a lot of people are calling social justice and the feedback on that episode. I mean, it's still on fire, even if yeah. we, as we talk right here and right yep. now. Yep. Uh, so I can't thank our listeners enough uh, just for their support, their prayers, their encouragement. You know, I'm getting feedback from at least one person a day, mm-hmm. uh, and they seem to really appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, we, we try to keep the conversation gospel centered. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we open the word of God on this podcast. We read the word of God and we try to uh, be accurate in our uh, application of the word of God to what the topic is that we're dealing with. And people seem to really appreciate that. It's, 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 it's almost like they, they found water on a podcast right. desert. Right, right, right. It's interesting, man. You say that because it's kind of that's kind of the, the the thing that I'm I'm surprised by most. It's it's that you know we're saying things and articulating things that people feel, but but aren't hearing many folks speak about, and definitely aren't having having anyone walk them through, kind of from a from a biblical standpoint, what the problems are with social justice. And uh, and man, I just I just think you I think last last week's you know if you haven't checked out last week's episode, go back check out episode number twelve. Uh, as as Daryl just kind of like he said, just kind of kind of a, it, did it did kind of an exegetical uh, uh, expositional study uh, with regard to the issue of justice and social justice and and how all of those things frame up. It was really really good. Yeah. So tonight, what we're going to do is take sort of a um, I would call it a uh, not a hard right turn. But we're going to take a little bit of a turn from that topic of social justice and racial mm-hmm. reconciliations, which, which we've dealt with in several of our first 12 episodes here. And even as it relates to the blog, uh, you know, I've taken a, a, a sort of a, a break uh, and, and it'll probably be permanent, to be honest with you, because, listen, uh, I, I wrote another a new blog article just this past Saturday. Uh, that's on the on the blog right now, which you can get to at justthinking.me. That's justthinking.me. It's called Don't Waste God's Time. Uh, so that's my newest post. And I, I, I wrote on that subject matter uh, deliberately because the previous six articles that I'd written dealt in one way or another with the subject of social justice, racial reconciliation from a gospel standpoint. And to be honest with you, man, I'm just going to keep it real with you, Virgin, and the listeners. Uh, I'm about fed up dealing with that topic, man. You know, <laughs> but here, here's uh, the, the thing, man. And I, and I hear everything you're saying. And, 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 and I, and I'll even say it this way. I completely understand what you're saying. I, I, I totally get it. I just think, man, and I'm not trying to hype you up. I'm just going to be, I'm like you, I'm going to keep it real. I, I think that, that, there are very few people, there are very few corners speaking truth into that particular space in the way that, that, that you've articulated it. I've had a chance, man, as we've had conversations on this podcast to bounce ideas off of you and to, 
and to kind of kind of do a, a duck and weave, a, a, you know, throw, throw in some jabs that here and there, throw up some things for you to kind of aim at and hit. Um, but 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 uh, and I get I get it. I get it. You know, you, you say it so much, you deal with it so much at the same time. Um, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, and I know, I know you well enough to know, man, you'll be led by the spirit of God yeah, on, on, on where to go. But I just want to encourage you, man, to, you know, don't, 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 don't let the, don't let the foot off the gas, man. If we, if we need to, if we need to punch go, man, let's, let's just, let's jump back in the ride and, and do, do what we need to do. I want to, I want to talk about one thing first, man. You got kind of a different look to your, uh, to your, your your blog page, man. What's going on with that, man? Yeah, man. So every now and then I'll change the theme. Uh, you know, my blog, again, it's a justthinking.me. It's a WordPress blog. Mm-hmm. And uh, every now and then I'll change the theme. I'll change the look every few months or so just on a whim. You know, I don't have a timetable or any sort of formal, uh, you know, program around how to how to treat the blog or whatnot. You know, my focus is basically just on, you know, offering quality biblical biblically sound content. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so just you know, over the weekend, I had some time to kill. It was, it was raining here in the ATL. I had some mm-hmm. time to kill. <laughs> so while I was writing the article, I think once I finished writing it and was proofing it and done with that, uh, I just toyed around with some themes out there. And uh, so there's a new theme out there right now with a new header image and everything's a little bit of uh, an aesthetical uh change uh mm-hmm. but but still keeping it uh somewhat clean and, and crisp so mm-hmm. you guys can go out to the blog and and, and check out the look and, and and you'll only notice the difference if you were familiar with how it looked previously yeah. but yeah, yeah but yeah it's got a little bit of a look no, to i like it, it man i like it so i can, I can kind of go to little different sections and find what i need to find and yeah and, and kind of pull it up i like that man it's a good yeah look. yeah appreciate that man you know it, it, it you're always thinking in the back of your mind you know what, what, what are your readers going to think about the look you know because mm-hmm. again people are drawn with their eyes to content online, you know, so you got to have something aesthetically to draw them in. Right. Uh, but hopefully, you know, most important to me is when they're reading the content, uh, that that's what keeps them coming back. And, uh, you know, I noticed uh, every time I upload a new uh, article to the blog, it will refresh the number of followers uh, uh, to the blog. And I just realized when I posted this newest article, uh, again, titled Don't Waste God's Time, mm-hmm. that uh, I have. Exactly. I can give you an exact number here. Right now, just thinking that me has 10,491 followers. Wow, bro. That's uh, nice. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Nice. Uh, it's just a little old me, man. You know, this, this isn't some ministry enterprise here. I don't have a .org. I'm not a 501c3. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I just, yeah. you know, when the, when the Lord gives me something to say, I'll get out there, write it, do the research. And I'll I'll throw it up there and uh and and, and hopefully, you know, people will, will be drawn to it. But man, mm-hmm. almost eleven thousand followers is unbelievable. So man, thank you, everybody. Thank great. you so yeah. much for supporting no it. Doubt. No doubt. That's that's great, man. That's a that's a great start, man. That's a that's a that's a tithe of what I think should be there right now. So we'll <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll 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 take we'll take the tithe that we'll take the tithe of what that should be right now and uh, oh, and and kind of go from there, man. So, that's a good yeah, one, bro. That's good. That's good, man. That's a good start, bro. Yeah. Well, thanks again, man. Thanks for everybody for supporting the blog. I really appreciate it. And again, a new article just out there a couple of days ago called "Don't Waste." God's time. Go check it out. Let me know what you think. Leave a comment on the blog. Uh, and I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, man, you just keep it, keep it coming, bro. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I know tonight you kind of like you, like you alluded to, you wanted to take a little bit of a turn uh, and kind of, kind of take a, a stab at, a, at another kind of, kind of way of thinking about things with regard to the gospel, with regard to Christianity. And what, tee it up for our listeners, man, what, what you're thinking, what's going on in your head. Yeah, so uh, it's sort of part of my uh, thought process right now, along with sort of running in parallel with the the latest blog article that I just posted to the site was really sort of a uh, desire to get back into some more of the what I would call more organic biblical theology and helping our listeners uh, understand more about the message of the gospel and understand more about Jesus Christ, Mm. uh, more about who he is. Uh, why he matters, uh, uh, even you know to the uh, to the degree that that uh, even at its most fundamental level, 
help folks understand what the gospel is, because one thing I don't think we uh, want to make the mistake of doing on this podcast, Verge, is assuming that everyone who listens is already a Christian. Yeah, that's good. And secondarily, we don't even want to assume that those who profess to be Christians truly are Christians, that they're, mm-hmm. that they, they, they truly are born again, that they truly are redeemed, mm-hmm. that their hearts have truly been regenerated uh, by the Holy Spirit. So that's kind of where uh, the, the place that I'm in right now is really to, to kind of go back to some fundamentals about uh, biblical doctrine and biblical orthodoxy, uh, sort of a Christianity 101 uh uh, so, so that's kind of where I am right now. That's kind of what I, what, what I wanted us to chop up tonight. Absolutely. Uh, let me let me ask, let me ask you this, man. I mean, as, as you're as you're kind of talking about where, where we are listener wise, what what you're you, you know, nothing that we we don't assume anything about right. the person that's listening. And, and again, as you were as you were talking, man, I'm, I'm reminded of Second Corinthians 13, five, that we are indeed to examine ourselves, to test ourselves, right. to see whether or not we're indeed in the faith. And, uh, man, I, I, I've been doing a lot of, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-examination, especially coming out of G3. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just really examining my life, my walk, uh, my pastor, in fact, this, this weekend, uh, just really, uh, really unpacked just a great sermon about, about examining ourselves and, um, and, and looking at issues and areas of our lives where, where, where sin has crept in, where maybe we're, we're disconnected in our walk uh, with, with God and, and from, from a relational standpoint and, and uh, just from, from a standpoint of fellowship and the like. And so man, is, is that kind of is that more of a self-reflective kind of thing that's going on? Or are you just thinking just informatively we need to be sure to, to, to let folks know kind of where things are at? Yeah, I think it's more the latter. I think it's more the latter. Uh, you know, that's not to say that it's totally that. that there's uh, there's always some self-reflection with respect to, uh, especially when I'm writing a blog article. I mean, you write every, you, you type every syllable in the right. context of self-reflection because it's like the old adage goes, you know, you're preaching the gospel to yourself. First. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so one of the spiritual disciplines that I try to practice is before I even embark on writing a blog article or sitting down with you on Monday nights at eight o'clock Eastern to record these podcast episodes is to make sure I've searched my own heart, that my sins are confessed, uh, that, uh, you know, like our parents would say that I'm prayed up, right. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that I've dealt with my own heart, uh, because, uh, you know, the last thing I want to be, uh, uh, self condemning of is being a hypocrite. Yeah. Uh, when I when I come on and with you and 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 talk on these podcasts and when I'm putting a, a blog article out there, so so yeah, so there's a bit of that self reflection, but for 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 the most part, it was more so the latter. Just really, just want to talk, man, to the listeners about what the gospel is and and and, right. and to uh, make sure we understand uh, what salvation truly is uh, with respect to the role of the Holy spirit in salvation mm-hmm. versus the role we play, uh, which at one time, uh, you know, I was, I, I fought falsely believed that, you know, I had something to do with mm-hmm. it. So I, I want to kind of make sure that those lines of demarcation are clear, mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, you know, ultimately, um, you know, we, we were all created to live, uh, e- eternally somewhere. Yes, that's uh, right. Uh, and, uh, you know, regardless of the issues that we're dealing with in this world, in this life, uh, we're all heading towards um, eternity. Matter of fact, we, we are eternal beings right now. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you, you are going to once you leave this world, you are already uh, destined to exist eternally uh, somewhere, either with God or, or apart from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm going, man. Just this kind of flesh out sort of a gospel one oh one. Awesome. And uh, and and just kind of talk through that with a little help from the late. I still can't believe I'm saying that the late Dr. R.C. Sproul. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So let me uh, let me let me sort of give some folks some background uh, a little bit. So, you know, w- one of the things that we you know, we ha- we all have our little regimens that we go through every day during the week. You know, if the Lord wakes you up, you got a little regimen that you mm-hmm. go through, whatever that routine is. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, the Lord wakes me up. He opens my eyes. Um, you know, I'll I'll uh, I'll walk into my uh, home office, which is where I'm at right now, and I'll spend some time in prayer. And then after that, 
I automatically grab my phone and launch the Ligonier app. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you guys aren't familiar with Ligonier, go out to Ligonier.org. Uh, it's the ministry founded by the late Dr. R.C. Sproul some 40-something years ago up in Ligonier, Pennsylvania. And Ligonier has as much to do with me being reformed as anything or anyone else. I mean, uh, I, I can't thank uh, Chris Larson and the folks at Ligonier enough for the content yeah. that they make available to us through Ligonier.org, through yeah. the uh, Ligonier app. And I'm, uh, so, so I'll, I'll, I'll launch the Ligonier app. And one of the programs that that's available through Ligonier is a program called Renewing Your Mind. Amen. Uh, you can go out to, as a matter of fact, there's a website for Renewing Your Mind at renewingyourmind.org. And this morning's uh, sermon or message was a, a, um, a message from Dr. Sproul entitled Born of the Spirit, mm. Born of the Spirit. And as we record right now, this minute, it is 8.16 p.m. on Monday, January 29th. Uh, and, and just a side note for the listeners, if you ever hear me mention, say in, in discussion or, or going back back and forth with Virgil here, you hear me saying, yeah, you know, or tonight or whatever, it's because we record these episodes on Monday nights at eight o'clock. So it's, mm-hmm. It's nighttime as we record, though it may not be as you listen. Sure. But uh, but Dr. Sp- the message on renewingyourmind.org this morning was a message by Dr. Sproul called Born of the Spirit. And man, I mean, I could say this about pretty much every message Dr. Sproul gives. <laughs> uh, he's the most gifted expositor of the scriptures that I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, you, you got folks who would be right up there with him. You know, Dr. John MacArthur would definitely be one up there sure. uh but uh, but rc sproul i mean to hear this man unpack uh and exegete the scriptures uh is just a treat it's, a, it's an absolute blessing but in born of the spirit he re- he he the the, the the premise of the the thesis rather of the message is this is that in dialoguing with people uh over the years he's come to find that when it comes to using what he calls born again language or or, mm-hmm. or 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 language that has to do with uh, the born again experience that not many people, not many people who profess to be Christians really know what that means. They don't really know what it means to be, to be born, born again, yeah. right? To be born again, so they don't really know what that means. And and maybe Verge, you come from the same background as I do. You know, growing up in churches uh, that I've attended, uh, especially before I became uh, reformed. Which is about three years ago. I'm relatively new to re- to the wow. reform faith. Wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a reform rookie. <laughs> That's what I right, like to say. Right, right, right. Well, man, I'm telling that, that I, I I'm I'm shocked because when I when I think about your your level of of knowledge, man, that God has blessed you with, man, to realize. That's, that's, that's three years in. That's 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 a blessing, man. That's the grace of God. Yo, you know, it's, it's like I tell people all the time, Reformed theology, it forces you to study. It forces you to read. I mean, you read all the way from who? Augustine, mm-hmm. all the way up to, you know, Sproul. You know, mm-hmm. so you, you Reformed theology forces you, uh, what I like to call, it, it, it forces you to graduate from being a reader of the word to being a student of it. Mm. Uh, you have to study the word of God because it's, it, it was when I was exposed to Reformed theology through ministries like Ligonier and Grace to You with Dr. John MacArthur, Desiring God with John Piper. When you hear expository preaching, uh, you're forced to go grab a, a, a Greek dictionary and a Hebrew dictionary. You're forced mm-hmm. to go grab commentaries. You're forced mm-hmm. to read uh, Augustine and Calvin and Luther yep. and Edwards and Zwingli and those folks. Uh, so. Uh, and, and once you immerse yourself uh, in those um, uh, in those exercises, you may it, it just helps you to love the word of God even more. Mm-hmm. You, you just you just can't give it up. You just can't put it down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to give an example. Um, I, I lead a Wednesday night Bible study for the men at my local church right now. I mentioned this to you just maybe a few weeks ago, but we're making our way through the epistle of first Peter. And uh, this Wednesday night, we're going to be wrapping up chapter three uh, and it'll be week 17. Wow. Uh, you know, so <clears throat> we're, we're only through chapter three, but but that's what expository teaching requires you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so uh, but yeah, so Sproul in talking about being born of the spirit, uh, he 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 sort of uses as a springboard 
the fact that spiritual rebirth is a necessary condition to enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Spiritual rebirth, which is why Christ said, you must be born again. He said mm-hmm. that to Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Nicodemus was absolutely dumbfounded at what Christ uh, told him until Christ had to unpack it a little bit more for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, so, and I think Sproul was right. That's really what triggered me. when I, and As I talk to you right now, Virgil, I probably listened to this message just today. Wow. 12 times. I probably listened wow. to that message 12 times wow. today because he's so right about it. And that sort of stirred up a passion in my heart, especially for folks who may be listening, who have sort of a paradigm of salvation, whereby it's sort of a um, hybrid uh, view of salvation, whereby God does his part mm-hmm. and then I do my part. Right. You know, so we kind of work together, sort of a synergistic relationship where, you know, God ex- reveals himself to me so, to a certain degree. But ultimately, ultimately, you know, it's within my willpower to either respond to him uh, or not. But before we get into that, I think one misconception that Dr. Sproul brought up in his message, Born of the Spirit, is that there's a huge misconception out there that by virtue of the fact that we're all physically born, that that makes us children of God Mm. by virtue of physical birth. Right. Uh, And I may be hurting some folks feelings tonight who who are listening to this, but that's not true. Your physical birth into this world does not make you a child of God. And then one of my favorite texts, man, I remember when I first read this, that, 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 that kind of, that truth kind of was opened up within my own heart is, is in the gospel of John verses 12. I'm sorry. Gospel Mm -hmm. of John chapter one Mm -hmm. verses 12 and 13, where John writes this, he says, but as many as received him, now that's a qualifier right there as many as received him, which intrinsically says that they're going to be those who don't receive him. So in verse 12, but as many as received him to them, again, another quality, John has been very specific here. He says to them, he gave the right to become children of God, to become. So it's not a birthright by virtue of our physical birth. John says, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, so not a physical birth, but of the, nor of the will of man, again, not a physical birth, but of God, of a spiritual rebirth. Okay, so only those who are born again have the, 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 uh, uh, the uh, designation as being children of God. It's that spiritual rebirth. So I think that's a fundamental aspect of the uh, theology of uh, the new birth uh, that we really have to get cleared up uh, uh, to the consternation probably of a lot of folks who may be listening right now. But your being born physically doesn't make you a child of God. Otherwise, John would not say that God gives us the right to become Right. You don't become what you already are. You become what you're not. (laughs) You become what you're not. You got any thoughts on that verse? No, I do, man. I mean, I I think it rolls right into uh, Romans 9, 8, man, that that, that says, so it's not a, it's not the children of the flesh who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded Mm -hmm. as offspring. And so that's a whole nother section about, about what, how, how God has, 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 chosen those who are in him um and and that uh, those who are uh, who are indeed uh believers in Christ are the children of God and so uh it's not it, and I, I remember having this conversation uh long long time ago with people who loved it kind of engage in the social media space mm-hmm. and and what they what they did you know we're all we're all we're all children of God right. so we, yep. you know, well, yep. pump yep. The brakes. Don't, don't you hear that all the time you all hear that all the time all the time we're all God's it's, children well no we're not no, no, we're not. not. No, we're not. And so that 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 for a lot of people is it was kind of kind of a revelation. They they they, they didn't recognize it, and and scripture is absolutely clear about that. Right. Uh, we we are all God's creation, uh, right. but but only those of us who are in Christ are indeed the, the children of God, sons and daughters by adoption. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So I think, I think and I'm listening to you, man, as you, you talk about how there's so many people out there who, who want to claim that we're all God's children. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like that, uh, like a billboard, almost, you know, some mm-hmm. sort of t- t-shirt slogan saying, well, we're all God's children. Well, no, we're not. And man, you nailed it. We are all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. So in thinking through this, I was reminded of a book. You've probably read this yourself. It's a, it's a book by Michael Horton called Christless Christianity mm-hmm. uh, that I read a few years ago. And it was in while reading Horton's book, I was introduced to a uh, an idea by a uh, uh, sociologist, Christian Smith, called moralistic therapeutic deism uh-huh. or, or MTD, as I, I'll say it for short. <laughs> and I think I hadn't I hadn't heard the MTD part. <laughs> yeah, I, I call it MTD, man, because, you know, when you talk, you say you try to say moralistic therapeutic, therapeutic deism, deism three times yeah, real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta get your tongue tied, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, so, yes, I'm going to just call it D- MTD for short for mm-hmm. to stand for moralistic therapeutic deism. But what's, when, when I talk about people who and when I think about people who who like to throw out that sort of cliche that we're all God's children, I think they get that from the fact that they have sort of a behavioral or behaviorist view of salvation. Uh, uh, Horton writes, uh, he writes this, uh, he says that Christianity in America, including evangelicalism, is less interested in truth than in therapy and more focused on consumers than on making disciples. So I think he's got a point here. And uh, he continues on by saying uh, the dominant form of religion or spirituality of American young people today is moralistic therapeutic deism. So Mm -hmm. let me just take a second to define uh, what that is as Horton breaks out how Christian Smith uh, defines that. So Smith defines moralistic therapeutic deism as expressing five types of working theology and see that the working theology is the key because people who, most people who believe that we're all God's children by virtue of just being born, just being created, they have this sort of mindset that we, you know, our, 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 uh, our salvation or our ingratiating ourselves to God is uh, relative to our behavior. So we want to try to be as moral as we can. We want to try to be as good as we can. We want to try to be as ethical as we can. And that'll get us in with God, you know, as opposed to what we just read in John 1, that you have to be spiritually reborn. So here are the five tenets of uh, moralistic therapeutic deism. Number one, uh, God created the world. Number two, God wants people to be good, nice, and fair to each other as taught in the Bible and most world religions. So in that regard, Christianity is no different than any other world religion. religion. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So number three, the central goal of life is to be happy and to feel good about oneself. Man, I I read number three, a ton of names come to mind right right now. People who are right now out there sort of promoting that sort of, uh, uh, what would you call it? Feel good. uh, uh, Words of affirmation, kind of uh, yep, yep. Uh, gospel in quotes, Think, uh, and and th- and thinking thinking that they're doing right by others when actually they're entrapping them in 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 a in the bondage of works. Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about here. Exactly that working theology. You're absolutely right. So I take a guy like a Joel Osteen. Yeah, I'm right. going to name names. I'm going to name names. <laughs> Joel, Joel Osteen is probably at the top of that pyramid. Sure. Uh, you know, of of, of this sort of. Uh, affirmation, uh, success driven, uh, uh, you know, uh, what we call prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing where, where God uh, to, to, to Christian Smith's point number three, that the central goal of life is to be happy and to feel good about oneself. That's all Osteen talks about your best life. Now was probably his best selling book, yep. you know, to have your best, best life now. So here's number four. MTD tenant number four, God does not need to be particularly involved in one's life except when needed to resolve a problem. Mm -hmm. Then number five, lastly, good people go to heaven when they die. And I think, man, that is that I think that's that's the culture. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I think that that principle right there with respect to more moralistic therapeutic deism is probably going to be the ones one that trips a lot of people up. It's tripping millions of people up today because, again, their soteriology is based on their works. Right. You know, when we clearly, like you just said a second ago, man, Scripture is clear that your works have nothing, absolutely nothing to do with that. Um, You know, and sprawling his message again on uh, being born of the Spirit, 
he exegetes uh, Ephesians chapter two, yep. where he sort of I makes a contrast. Turn, I was just turning there. All right, man. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Verge, why don't you why don't you read, man? Ephesians two. Um, go ahead and read through uh, verse nine, man. How about that? Okay. Okay. It says, "And you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work." in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Mm -hmm. Verse 4 is when it gets wonderful. It says, but God, being rich in mercy, Mm -hmm. because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved mm-hmm. through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift mm-hmm. of God, not the result of works, so that anyone may boast. Amen. Appreciate that verse. I've always Amen. said, man, that the two words apart from the two, the, the, the name of Jesus Christ, apart from that name, the two most important words in the Bible are, but God, Amen. you could really sum up the whole of Christian theology with those two words. Amen. You really could mm-hmm. from Genesis to revelation. It is the story of how God came to the rescue of sinful humanity. And it's sort of capsulized right there in those two words, Mm -hmm. but God. So Sproul in his message, he talks about, he makes a contrast between how we've all heard that, uh, that uh, probably man, since our earliest days of, of going to church where you've heard the analogy where, you know, being saved is like being out in the ocean and you're drowning and uh, Jesus throws you a life raft, Mm -hmm. uh, a life preserver, and you grab a hold of it. He pulls you in. Mm -hmm. Well, no, uh, no. The apostle Paul just shoots that theory absolutely dead uh, here in Ephesians chapter two, where speaking of dead, he says, no, and you were dead. So Sproul talks about, no, what the correct view is not that you were drowning, but that you are face down at the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This is where you are. You're dead. You're spiritually dead in your trespasses and sins. But as as you just read, uh, we are saved not as a result of works. Right. So your moralistic therapeutic deism is not enough. It's not enough. (laughs) It's not going to save you. It's not not going to save you at all. No. Um, but that, wanna... that that for the most part, man, is is what many of us ha- have have practiced. I, I mean, I, I remember. There you go. Exactly. I, I remember, bro. What you know? I I I come from old Pentecostal circles. You and I have talked about this. I come from that Kojic circles, right? Right. And 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 they they labeled it holiness. You right. Know? Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, they said, you know, you you got to be holy. And they they gave you all the info. The girls had to wear the skirts down to the ankles, yep. and you know, mm-hmm. you couldn't certain music you couldn't listen to you yep. couldn't you know you couldn't and all and all of this was 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 in was was contributing uh to your level of salvation to right. to, to to how how good you were yep. now what, what what we did well was we put on a good face for for the sunday morning crowd and then and then acted a fool the rest of the time and then, yeah. and then what you what you have as a result is you act a fool for a good while then you come to church you hear a good sermon and then you have to rededicate your life all right. over again yep yeah to you know to, uh, i'm not gonna do this no more i'm not gonna do this no more and and, and you meant it for about a week or two and, and until until you got back out and it, all of it speaks to something that you kind of teed, yeah. teed this whole thing off with which is and there's no real regeneration that's yeah. taking place yeah, no heart change at all. No heart change at all. No heart change whatsoever. And uh, I think that's a point that I kind of want to sort of segue into a point I want to bring up next. I want to read a little segment from a little book here uh, by Jerry Bridges, the late Jerry Bridges, uh, a, another just solid uh, theologian and biblical teacher who I came across uh, later in his life. He, he recently passed away not too long ago. Uh, but he wrote a book called the gospel for real life. Subtitle is turn to the liberating power of the cross 
every day. Uh, so, man, when I listen to you talk about, uh, you know, your backstory on there, you, man, it, it mirrors mine. Exactly. Uh, but listen to what Bridges says again. So listen to this in contrast to the experience that you just shared with us. Bridges writes this. This is the chapter on uh, unsearchable riches. He says, this is the truth of the gospel. We owe an enormous spiritual debt to God, a debt we can't begin to pay. There is no way we can make it good. The gospel tells us that Jesus Christ paid our debt, but it also tells us far more. It tells us that we are no longer enemies and objects of his wrath. We are now his sons and daughters, heirs with Jesus Christ of all his unsearchable riches. This is the good news of the gospel. Why did the Apostle Paul develop at such length the bad news of our situation? Now, that's what we just heard in Ephesians 2, that you're dead. Okay, we're dead. He says, why did the Apostle Paul develop at such length the bad news of our situation? We can't begin to appreciate the good news of the gospel until we see our deep need. Yes. And I'll close with this. He says, most people, even people who have already become believers, have never given much thought to how desperate our condition is outside of Christ. Yes. Few people even think, few people ever think about the dead, the dreadful implications of being under the wrath of God. Mm. And most of all, none of us even begins to realize how truly sinful we are. Mm. I want to read that last line once again. He says, few people ever think about the dreadful implications of being under the wrath of God. And most of all, none of us begins to realize how truly sinful we are. And that kind of draws us full circle back to that moralistic therapeutic deism. We think... We are not only uh, we not only have the capacity to be good enough to endear ourselves to God. We also think we know what to do to endear ourselves to God. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm in, in reading Bridges' quote with respect to uh, uh, his, his point about uh, most people not really having a, 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 an idea of how desperate we our condition is apart from Christ. Let me read a, a text here in the in the New Testament in John uh, three thirty six because I think there is a, a a climate out there uh, among the church because the church is in such uh, a tightrope position. It's like the church is collectively walking a tightrope to where we don't want to offend anybody, right? With the reality of sin, we oh, don't want to threaten offend anybody with the reality of hell. We don't want to offend anybody with the reality of church discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of that. We don't. We don't want to offend anybody with the re, with the reality of uh, biblical judgment. Uh, but look, listen to what Christ Himself. Now, this is Jesus talking here. Now, this is New Testament, folks. This is not Old Testament. The Gospel of John is in the New Testament, and I'm going to be reading from John chapter three, verse thirty-six. Okay, this is Jesus speaking. This is firsthand. John chapter three, verse 36 says, he who believes in the son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Yes. Abides. That's a present tense verse verb. That's a present tense verb. So for those who are unbelievers in Christ, who have not trusted in his atoning work on the cross who have not confessed him according to Romans 10, nine, the wrath of God is on you right now. Now you might be chilling. Think you're doing all well. Everything's going good. As, as the word says in Matthew five, right? The Lord sends rain upon the just and the unjust. But as it says in the uh, book of Romans, it says that the kindness of the Lord is to lead you to repentance. Mm. Okay. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I just want to, I just want to say, I don't care how good you have it right now. If you're an unbeliever in Christ, God's wrath is on you right at this moment as you're listening to me. Go ahead. Absolutely. I was just going to say, man, when, when you were reading that initial quote, the thing that, the thing that kind of overwhelmed me was when, was when you read the section that, that talked about how the wrath of God abides on us. And I, I for the believer, in Christ, we have a tendency, if we're not careful, to ignore that we were once in a yes. state 
right. where God's wrath abide that we were objects of God's wrath mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and rightfully so and the magnitude and the weight of that if we're not careful kind of kind of washes over us yeah. Um, when, when I, I think about, I, I think about that in, in a minor, in a minor instance, man, you, you, you know, and I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you kind of, kind of an everyday analogy. You know, you, okay. you, you're, you're riding on the highway, uh, you know, you, you're feeling good, you know, the speed limit is 70, right. Yeah. Or 75 and, and, and you're rolling about 85 and, and you see that, that cop car that you didn't know was was where it needed to be and you, you know how you you tense up yep. for just a second yep. you, you, you punch the <laughs> you punch the brake for a minute you're like oh snap you know here's here's yep. the here's what's going on uh why why are you concerned well you're concerned because w- one who is in authority uh to to enforce the law is 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 in a position to witness you disobeying the law right right, right. Well, un- unlike the cop God sees all. He, right. he 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 knows not only not only action that we take, but the very thought that we had that was outside of line. Right. Go ahead, and, bro. And 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 when and when we think about the weight of that, and he's not he's not he's not a a, a judge that that kind of you know winks and nods and things. Well, you 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 all right or or grades on a curve mm-hmm. or or, mm-hmm. or 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 side eyes you and, and and that's enough. He he's a perfect righteous judge. Mm-hmm. And, and as the perfect righteous judge is going to is going to is going to exact the right punishment and 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 when I, I used to tell a story, man, uh, to to kids to help them understand God's wrath and and the story I I would tell a story about little Johnny and I I, I made the story long. I'll abbreviate it here. I told him that Johnny would go to school and there was a, a day in which he could do whatever he wanted to do. And uh, so he 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 figured he was gonna get everybody back that had wronged him. Mm-hmm. So so he would go he he would go to school. He would punch his teacher. He would punch he would punch a, another student in the eye. And and the teacher would say, "What in the world?" And and then he'd punch the teacher in the eye. And wow. and and everybody said, "Oh, what in the world?" And then the teacher would take him to the principal. But Johnny couldn't get in trouble. And so Johnny punched the principal in the eye. And then, and then sure enough, they, they knew he couldn't get in trouble. I stopped and asked the kids, what do you think Johnny should, how should Johnny pay for each one of these, these instances in the instance of his friend? Well, you know, he should, he should get told not to do it again. What about the instance of the teacher? Well, he's going to get, he's going to get detention for that, you know? And I said, what about the principal? Oh, he, he might get kicked out of school for that. I said, well, Johnny, the reason Johnny wouldn't get in trouble that day was because the president of the United States was going to actually come and give a speech. And when he gave the speech, he walked down on the platform and recognized that Johnny was actually standing by the principal. What the president didn't know was that he was standing by the principal so that he wouldn't get in any more trouble. Mm-hmm. So the president of the United States walks by, sees the principal, bends down to Johnny and says, hey, Johnny, how are you doing? I'm, I'm the president of the United States. Well, Johnny remembered his dad was out of work based upon a decision that the president made, figuring he wouldn't get in any trouble. He reached back, hauls off and hits the president of the United States. Well, by this time, man, when I'm telling this story to kids, they just can't believe it. They've lost everything, right? They're falling. They're falling on the ground. They're rolling. Oh, my gosh. I, I, said, what, I said, what do you think is going to happen to Johnny? And they were like, he's going to be in jail for life and you know, all of this stuff. And, and I said, well, listen, here's what you need to recognize. Johnny didn't do anything different in any one of those instances. He, he had the same action in every instance. The reason why the penalty increased was because the magnitude of the authority by which he had he had he had he had offended. He offended his friend that was a certain level there. He had offended the, the teacher that was a certain level of authority there. He offended the 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 principal that was an authority there. But the president of the United States, that's the highest authority in our land. And so there was great punishment due him because of the fact that he had hauled off and hit the president. How much more so should it be that when we offend the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the sovereign who created all things and who gave you the very breath in your lungs. Should the punishment be so much more severe, man. Verse. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. 
That's awesome, bro. <laughs> That's awesome. I can uh, I can see folks listening to this right now and sort of putting this on rewind and say, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that with my kids." <laughs> <laughs> I got I, some real I, I got some real little Johnny yeah, over here, right? Right. <laughs> I, I I said that to say, man, we have got to understand the magnitude of God's wrath, and and then thereby as believers in Christ, knowing what God what 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 Christ the Son did for us. Uh, helps us not to have to pay that penalty. We should be racing everywhere we can go, everywhere that we can, in an effort to share with others the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because, again, you know, it's like what we said at the beginning. Uh, We we are, uh, and and I point this out in the blog article, uh, you know, Don't Waste God's Time. You know, I make the point in the block article that from the moment we're conceived in our mother's womb, that clock, that eternity clock starts to tick. You know, and what's awesome about what you were just sharing with respect to the uh, the story about little Johnny and uh, the escalation of his uh, trouble that he got into all the way up to the president is this, is that biblically speaking, the cutest little newborn. Mm. comes out of the womb with a sin nature Mm -hmm. a bent towards evil that little cute little newborn is an enemy of god yes is an enemy of god by virtue of possessing inherently the sin nature of our first parents adam and eve and by virtue of that God says, you are, you are my enemy. There is enmity between me and you. Okay. Even the cutest little newborn baby is an enemy of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's like the, it's like the two-year-old. They're called the terrible twos for, you, you don't need to tell, you don't need to teach a, a baby, <laughs> mm-hmm. a toddler, an infant. You don't need to teach a toddler to do wrong. They, they, they instinctively know to do wrong. What, what do you have to teach? You have to teach a child to do right. That's what you have to teach a child. So, mm-hmm. But they come into this world knowing how to do evil. Mm-hmm. Okay, they come in here knowing knowing what to do, what not to do, and they do it anyway. But that's our that's our nature. That's what Ephesians two is talking about, and that's the beauty of Doctor Sproul's message. Again, it's titled "Born of the Spirit." You really need to go out to the league and go out to renewingyourmind.org, renewingyourmind.org or download the Ligonier app and listen to that message. I promise you, I've listened to it 12 times today. Mm-hmm. But again, to, to, to make ourselves right with God is an impossibility. It cannot happen. I don't care how hard you try, what effort you put into it, you cannot make yourself right with a holy God because you are innately unholy. It is by virtue of the righteousness of Christ that we are deemed right with God. By virtue of his atoning death on the cross and our putting our faith in that as a propitiation, as the satisfaction to God mm-hmm. of the debt that we owe him, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Jerry Bridges was talking about uh, just now. And again, it is not by physical birth that we become children of God. It is by spiritual rebirth. Mm-hmm. That 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 cute little newborn must be reborn. Amen. That newborn must be reborn. Mm-hmm. All of us must reborn be reborn. I I wanna um on that note about becoming children of God, Virg, I just want to read something real quick. Sure. From uh this is from John Calvin in his uh institutes of the Christian religion. And uh, this is the chapter on uh, the predestination and providence of God. And and I think Calvin kind of nails the whole point uh, when it comes to the, uh, the matter of, of us becoming children of God. Calvin writes this, he says, Christ is thus like a mirror in which we may properly view our election and where it can be seen without distortion mm-hmm. for in him, that is in Christ, the heavenly father purposed, to incorporate all those from whom eternity he destined to make his, that he might reckon as his children all whom he saw to be members of his son. Hence, 
we have very firm and manifest proof that we are written in the book of life if, here's, here's, here's John 1, 12 and 13 again, if we are partners with Christ. Mm. He indeed fully proved to be our partner when, through the preaching of the gospel, he testified that he has been given to us by the Father so that he and all his benefits may be ours. That's, that's Ephesians 2 again. Mm-hmm. So that he and all his benefits may be ours. He, I say, and I'll close with this. He, I say, is witness to us that all who accept him with true faith will be counted by the Heavenly Father as his children. Yes. We mm-hmm. who accept him with true faith will be counted by the Heavenly Father as his children. So as simple as the gospel is, it is equally profound. Mm-hmm. It is as simple as believing. Okay, is that's all it takes. That's Romans ten nine. It all it takes is for us to believe, for one to believe in Christ. Put your faith in Christ and His work on the cross as the atonement for your sins. That is salvation defined. It's simple yet profound at the same time because Christianity is the only worldview in which God Himself condescended to us Mm. so that we may be made right to him. Every other religion in the world inverts that paradigm. Mm -hmm. It's totally inverted. You have to work your way up to God, Mm -hmm. which is an absolute impossibility. So again, we just wanted to to take some time tonight, sort of chop up uh, what we call a little gospel 101 um, and, 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 and urge you to, again, take a listen to Dr. Sproul's message. Born of the Spirit, it is absolutely fundamental truth that every Christian needs to understand. Uh, and, and we do this because we love you all. We want to see all of you in heaven. One day. <laughs> we want to hear every, see everybody who's listening to this podcast. We want to see you in heaven one day. Amen. Because one day, okay, one day you're going to die. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it bluntly. One day you're going to die. And uh, where, where, are, where, where, what is your spiritual state right now? Where, where were your soul? spend eternity because as i said earlier you're going to spend eternity somewhere yes you're going to spend it somewhere uh so where are you with god right now where 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 who who do you say jesus christ is mm-hmm. uh have you been born again uh if not i urge you uh as the scripture says today is the day salvation. of salvation to put your faith yeah. and trust in in jesus christ for your mm-hmm. eternal salvation Amen, man. I could I couldn't have wrapped it up any better than that, man. I just uh, I'm, I'm gonna leave that out there and and uh, just encourage the listeners to go back, take another listen to this podcast, share it with a friend, uh, with someone that that you too would love to see uh, in heaven. And uh, man, we we definitely want to uh, to, to sh- we we often. Uh, share the gospel message here on the Just Thinking Podcast. I just want to encourage you, take another listen, share it with a friend, and then join us back next week for another episode. You all take care. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Just Thinking, a podcast brought to you by the Bar Podcast Network. You can find all of Just Thinking episodes at www.thebarpodcast.com. Tune in next week to another edition of Just Thinking, and remember... Let's think.